Everyone, it's not Glenn. It's Sam. Hey. Mr. Sam Trotta of Ballast and Striation 6. If you don't know Sam, well, you're missing out because Sam is awesome. Sam, how you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Full disclosure, it was supposed to be me, Glenn, and Sam, but Glenn took a personal day because he has some awesome stuff he needs to take care of. I shouldn't say awesome, but he's busy. And so we are here with Sam, and I want to talk to Sam. Sam is a good friend and someone we've known for a very long time, and we got a lot in common, I think. I, I'd say we do. Not as good looking as him. I do have bluer eyes, but he's got the Walter White thing going, and it just looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Walter White is a pinnacle of male beauty right there. Everyone loves meth. Okay, so Sam, RTS instructor, business owner, FPM student, uh, student of all things exercise mastery-wise. He is mm -hmm. someone who's committed his entire life, in my opinion, to the craft of exercise and helping other people. So hmm. Sam, what do you want to talk about today, man? Well, I mean, I think we were going to talk about leveling up uh, the whole fitness professional thing. Maybe we could start there. We're going to talk about leveling up fitness pros. I'm excited, man. This is going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as far as leveling up fitness pros, uh, Sam and I have both. I am not, and he currently is. We've both taught for this crazy program called the Resistance Training Specialist Program. If you've not heard of it, gosh, go check out rts123exerciseprofessional.com. Absolutely. Reach out to Sam. Check that stuff out. Uh, but Sam, I mean, in a nutshell, why don't we do this? Before we talk about leveling up other people, you have really leveled yourself up. Yeah, I'd say I have. I'd say I have. Tell us your little origin story as to how you found the RTS program and what kind of things it has done for you personally. Okay, well, uh, the origin story isn't isn't an origin story if I don't bring up my uh, business partner, uh, good buddy, and uh, hetero life mate, Brad Thorpe. Um, so I was a 23-year-old uh, personal trainer working for a company called Extreme Fitness. It was Bally Total Fitness before it was Extreme Fitness. It was quite the place to work. I'll leave it at that. And um, I had actually known um, Brad's wife. She worked for the gym as well for a little while. And uh, he, uh, uh, no, he didn't approach me. I mentioned to her that my shoulder was sore. And uh, he, she said, hey, you should go see my, at the time, fiance. Uh, he does this kind of crazy muscle activation stuff and he might be able to help you with your shoulder. So it turns out they kind of had this ruse going uh, where he did help me with my shoulder and that was great. And at the end of the session, he said, um, I've observed you and um, you know, you're a talented guy, but you don't know all that you need to know. He said it in a much harsher way, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Brad's got away with words. That's for darn sure. Uh, he, he said, I don't, you know, you don't know what you need to know, but uh, I've learned some pretty cool stuff. And if you want to take a chance and come work for me, I'll expose you to some of the material and introduce you to the people who can really teach you um, the kind of stuff you need to know to level up. So uh, April 1st, 2008, I started working Dates. for Brad. April, well, it's etched in my memory. Um, yeah, April 1st, 2008, I started working for Brad, July, whatever the weekend after the, um, Independence Day long weekend was okay. in, uh, in America, I flew down to Oklahoma for my first, uh, RTS mastery class and I've not looked back. Tom Purvis. So by the way, RTS program, if you guys have not heard, so there's a kind of different levels. And at the time, yeah. at least when we were doing it, I know it's evolved and I want to talk to you about that. Cause I was yeah. talking to Tom about it and I want to get your opinion on something he told me. Oh, interesting. Was interesting. Okay. Ooh, right. Boy. But there was this idea of RTS one, two, three, which came from the lecture series, which was a three day different program at that time, which is kind of like six days of different pieces of information mm. that <clears> evolved <throat> along to the continuum training model, which was very similar theory being taught each week. And it was kind of anatomy focused with exercise, which I think was a great way 
to go do it. Then on top of that, if you really wanted the entire immersive resistance training specialist experience, you go to Oklahoma. You escape all your family, all your friends. You go mm-hmm. to this crazy place. You go to the sushi places called Shiki. You go to the other places. <laughs> yes, and you're immersed into the focus on fitness. You cannot do anything except focus on fitness. So I was talking to Tom recently. And I was trying to do a little testimonial video to help him out a little bit. And he was saying something along the lines of, like, there's this RTS Foundation series where it is like this international program. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like the 0.001% yeah. of the quality of the RTS program. And then the RTS 123, RTS Continuum Training, the six-day model that you're an instructor for. Yeah, that's the one I teach for. Is kind of like 0.01%. It's a heck of a lot more than the Foundations course, mm-hmm. but it's good, but still not the entire experience that Tom wants you to have. And then resistance training specialist RTS-3 or RTS-M is when we were doing yes. it, is what he would say is RTS.1, the full flavor of RTS. Yes. So he was saying that oh, even though it'd be terrible for marketing, he thought that those words would be a great way to accurately describe the quality and the density of information you were getting as a trainer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting. So you're saying the, the point zero zero one, the point, it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not really sure what to say about that, to be honest with you. I think I, one of the things I love about Tom is he's always testing out new concepts and new ways of explaining things. And one of the um, foundational things that we, we sort of try to put forth in RTS is that delivery is so key if you're an exercise. And, and it's in the context of you know being an exercise professional and uh, the way you deliver your exercise um, advice and instruction to people and how it's so important. And I think there's a, there's a really significant extrapolation that can be made from that when how you market a product, a service, a course, whatever it might be. Um, so the only issue I could see with that approach is why would someone want 0.001? You know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, for sure. but I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to poop on it or anything. I mean, if it's a, I, it's certainly a way of saying, if you put the three next to each other, then you know one is a hundred times more than the one before, and then the same thing happens again. Right. And, and I would probably say that if I'm if I'm doing my math correctly, that if it's a hundred times and then a hundred times to say that the information you would get from going through the mastery process is ten thousand times what you would get from uh, you know that RTS foundations or international course, it's probably accurate. Yeah. So it's not a miscommunication of any sort. Um, but we are in a marketplace where people want the most that they can get uh, from every course that they take. And I understand that because people want their CECs and they want to continue to have their certifications to be valid. So how do you communicate You know, that you are going to get a lot? I mean, the people that take RTS2 or what used to be called RTS123, um, once they have a hold of that information, it's powerful it's powerful and it's not nearly the same level and depth of, of inquiry and um, all that sort of stuff that you get from the RTS three stuff, but uh, it's very powerful and it can make some tremendous differences in how you deliver um, and how you implement exercise in your clients' lives. So I ran off screen for a second while Sam was talking <laughs> because sort of threw me off a little bit. What's going on there? Piece it out. No, it, you know, something, you said something and I want to ask you a question that I asked McMillan one time and I want to get your thoughts on it. It's so funny because I, it, the thing is that this manual from the original lecture and practice practical series, I got this from Mario because he <laughs> took it, right? 
ages ago, and this was the book that I studied from to start working at Persicini Fitness. Okay. So when, for me to work at Persicini is I was an 18-year-old kid who was becoming a trainer. I got certified in Camp Pro, and they said, but you also have to pass our test. He said, you got to study from this. And I had to know what closed pack positions. I got to watch all of Tom's DVDs and the child mining room over there. Oh, that's And then maybe do their own little test. And I thought it was just normal. Right. Like you need to know what a moment arm is. You need mm -hmm. to know a closed pack position is. So I studied from this for years. That's interesting. That's cool. Then from that, I became like a pretty okay trainer at the yeah. facility. Sure. And then I took RTS 123 by Peter. And I was just like, what the fuck? It was just mind like Totally another, another level. And then RTS Mastery, same kind of thing, yeah. took it to a whole nother level. So I asked Charlie this, and he did not answer, but I want to ask your opinion. All right. If you could educate a 1,000 trainers to be moderately well, 50 60% competent in the information, or you could educate 10 trainers to be 100% perfectly sharp mastery mindset and superstar weapons, would you rather have... Thousand sixty percenters or ten hundred percenters? Thousand sixty percenters. Interesting. Why? Uh, I'd rather have a thousand sixty. Well, both are valuable. Let's not, you know, I'm not saying one is hands, like, I'm not saying that the ten hundred percenters is, are of zero, of, of zero value. When you get to that sixty percent point, you can make a tremendous difference for a whole wackadoo of people. And, like, admittedly, the no, I'm not going to go with that train of thought. You can make a tremendous difference for, for a whole whack of people. And there might be some people that you come up against that you, you might not be able to handle. But if you do have that 60%, you can approach, I would say, getting towards a majority of, uh, of a particular client base or a particular prospective client base that you might not have otherwise been able to approach uh, because the thought process that you had might not have been sufficient. With that 60%, you're probably at a point where you can start to make a difference with some people that you might have found to be far too complex for you before. Very, very fair. So Sam, question. All right. Leveling up fitness pros. Leveling up fitness pros. Where the heck do we start? Uh, by taking yourself down. Not you, not you. This is, this is a me thing. I can get out of here if you want. <laughs> you want to do this thing solo, you can totally go for it. Taking yourself down, so yeah. what does that mean? Well. So it was interesting, like leveling up. Well, how do you level up? Well, you could start from where you are and um, take things up a notch, or you could start over again, which is what Brad and I elected to do at Striation 6. So Striation 6 is my gym. It's at uh, Young and Davisville, 33 Davisville Avenue in Toronto. Um, and what we decided to do when COVID hit, well, it was less about what we decided to do versus what was thrown in our face. Um, we were running a fitness facility before where personal training was our number one revenue source and uh, it was what we became most known for, unsurprisingly. However, just based on the model we were trying to run and frankly trying to stay competitive in the fitness space, we had all these group classes and, and you know we had a self-directed workout service that we thought would pan out in a certain way and it didn't and it didn't it turns out if you build it they won't necessarily come so what happened was uh covid and lockdown um prompted us to take a step back and really look at how we were doing things and we're not exactly starting over because we had a strong personal training client base 
So it allowed us when we shifted our model to no more group classes and only uh, people doing their own workouts under certain kinds of conditions at a certain price point with a certain kind of membership structure. Um, it allowed us to restart versus start over, if that makes sense. It's like you hit reset on your Nintendo from, you know, circa 1989. And, you know, you kind of know how to get to level three of Super Mario Brothers. Take so it's not like, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like you're, it's not like you're playing a new game. Yeah. You're playing the same game and you've tested out the, you've tested the waters out a little bit and you know what hasn't worked. And I think part of leveling up the first thing whether it's in business uh, as an exercise professional or in the practice of the exercise professional, uh, excuse me, of the exercise profession, I think one of the at least potential first steps to le leveling up is knocking yourself down a little bit. This was not working. This was absolutely not working. And thankfully and unbeknownst to me, you and Glenn and Taylor were um, launching Fitness Pro Mentors, which is which has been massively helpful in terms of communicating our message in a, uh, a professional and a succinct way to a client base that we want to attract. And it looks like this model, which is a membership based model that is primarily driven by personal training. Um, it looks like it's going to be sustainable and it looks like it's going to be uh, successful, not just business wise, but lifestyle wise. I mean, I have a five year old uh, daughter who I barely got to see when uh when things were the way they were before i don't mind working long hours i still work long hours i'm up at you know 4 15 4 30 every morning i have my first uh work related thing at seven i get my workout in and sort of my day prep before that 7 a.m time slot and i usually work till about five that's a 12 hour day long right day. that's a 12 long hour. Day. it's a long day but it's a great day it flies by like that it includes a workout, it includes some judo and jujitsu, it includes working with clients, it includes study groups, it includes, um, you know, the finding strategies that uh, we've gone over in Fitness Pro Mentors, finding, it's a big deal. Um, and it includes taking measures to level up not only uh, my own exercise practice and not only my own business practices as an exercise professional, but actually setting the stage so that the people that work for me have got, uh, including so let's not include Brad because I don't want to say Brad works for me, but including, <laughs> let's say excluding Brad, I've got five or six great trainers, great exercise professionals that are also looking to level up, that are also looking to succeed in this kind of new normal, this post pandemic or intra pandemic <clears throat> world. And I need to set the stage for them to succeed with systems to actually put qualified clients in front of them and for them to actually do their best work. Um, How's that for leveling up? I love it. I mean, you need the right product at the right price at the right time for the right people, and it needs to be able to scale without you. And if you can do all of that by having an amazing team of people yeah. who are competent and passionate and challenging themselves and are like-minded like you, this is my favorite thing. It's one of my analogies from the Leaders Mastermind program is I constantly talk about personal training teams and businesses, frankly, in my opinion, but more service-based businesses, hair salons, training, mm -hmm. massage studios, is you have this team of Avenger-like people where Sam and I, even though we have very similar educational backgrounds, we have very similar experiences, we are both very different people. Therefore, if we were put on the same team to work together, we would do very different things with the same mindset. And that would be great because the brand of Sam and the brand of Brandon, and I didn't mean to do that, it works out really well that you build this entire team of personalities, unique people with the same information, but if they all have the same thought process, the same values, mm -hmm. the growth 
over time can be exponential. It's that hyperbolic curve where it's kind of slow at the beginning and then grows all the way up. So I'm excited for you, man. Really excited. I mean, I can see if you guys saw Sam had some uh, massive success with the, the very beginning of our program. So you can yeah. go back and check out some of our social proof. It's ridiculous. And he's still crushing it. But uh, yeah, I think it's a big thing. I think the tearing down, being, being open to being challenged yeah, absolutely. consistently is something that a lot of folks have a hard time with, but is a massive game changer. Game changer. Sure. I think, well, it, I think one of the things people have to realize too, no matter what kind of business you're in, um, I don't think businesses fail because they necessarily do things wrong. I think a lot of times they fail because they do things wrong and they don't acknowledge the things that they're doing wrong. Well, what does Brad say? Fail forward. Fail forward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's impo- it, you, it, It's an unreasonable expectation to think that you're going to go into any sort of venture that has any level of significant complexity to it and that it's just it's just going to be smooth sailing. It's nonlinear. It's nonlinear. There's this meme that went around a couple of years ago what and it was kind of like what people think success looks like versus what it actually looks yeah, like and yeah. it's all over the place. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't know if I'd... I don't know if it's that chaotic. And uh, in fact, I think you can mitigate the realistic chaos of that of that curve by doing these kinds of checks that we've been talking about in Fitness Pro Mentors and actually being able to stay, take a step back and evaluate and just sort of say, okay, what did we do this month? Yeah. Um, you know, how did it result? Uh, and it's not necessarily financial. Sometimes it's, it's what I would refer to as pre-financial. So maybe you haven't grown on the financial side of things yet, but you've got way, you've got a lot more leads in the pipe. Your, um, your trainers are getting more people in front of them for consultations. You're getting more Google reviews. You're getting more reviews on Facebook. You're getting more people added into your Facebook group. These are all really, really good things. And it will lead to that financial return. And the other thing I think too, is the, um, the morale, the morale. Uh, How do you mean morale? Staff morale, like oh, people, okay. like people who work in the facility. So the way things were before, I mean, there's, <laughs> there are a bunch of reasons for it that I don't want to get into here, but uh, morale was low pre-COVID, even though we were successful. Like by the numbers, you look and you go, oh, okay, they're you know they're pretty good little business there. Like not not too bad. Everybody's making a living. You know, you can see the growth. You can see they tried some things. It might might have worked. Might not have worked. Um, but overall looking pretty good. Um, but morale was terrible. And now ironically in this kind of restart or recommencement of things, uh, morale is higher than I've ever seen it. What do you think the game changer is morale-wise? By the way, before Sam, before you answer, if anyone's watching this live or you're watching this in the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group, uh, please comment. Please say hello. Ask questions for Sam. We'd love to get some real-time questions for you. By the way, if you're listening to this in the future, we go live, Exercise Titan interviews like Sam McMillan, Tom Purvis, every Friday. and We got a huge lineup to finish off 2021, so we're really excited about that. But Sam, what is it that you think that really made that morale boost in your team happen? If I'm being honest, his good looks, obviously humble pile, obviously my changing facial hair, my constantly changing facial hair. Um, no, I think what made it happen was me putting my foot down on certain things and just saying, I am not willing to accept this anymore. Um, furthermore, I am only willing to accept this standard for myself and for my staff going forward. So one commitment, for example, that I've made to the trainers that work for me is you will not do work for free anymore meaning no more free consultations. If someone is serious about, about, um, 
about personal training. They'll be pre-qualified as someone who's uh, serious about personal training. And one of the things that will pre-qualify them is that we have a five-step consultation process that we've implemented recently and it's paid. It's paid at a slight premium compared to uh, the single session rate for the exercise professional that they're working with. And if that, and if someone says that's not something I'd, um, I'd be willing to participate in red flag. Okay. I bet you can get, uh, you know, and I wouldn't say it in this <laughs> exact form, but I bet you can get a free consultation down the street at one of the you know big box gyms and, uh, go right ahead. Absolutely. Hey, so by the way, we got someone really quickly. Okay. Great interview hearing how COVID push has made everyone reach outside their comfort zone to try something different, to change to a new different reality. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, Appreciate Sam's that. Sam's crushing it. And I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for people like Sam and many others, others that where COVID has really challenged people to go outside their comfort zone and make some amazing things happen. Absolutely. And you're doing it. The team's doing it. Uh, absolutely love it, man. So, I mean, I want to kind of like shift gears a little bit on the leveling up fitness pros, sure. if you don't mind. Uh, it's totally different. Uh, Sam and I both have gone to Oklahoma and tested out with Tom. And I thought it'd be a really interesting story <laughs> to hear. You were just telling me downstairs, we were sitting downstairs looking at the uh, Nautilus compound row, the nitro row, yeah. geeking out about it. Hey, give me a little test story. Tell me something about your testing experience with RTSM. Sure. So, um, the, so the test format for RTSM has, uh, or RTS3, as it's called uh, in its current form, has uh, shifted and changed a bunch of times. Um, when I first got into the program, I had heard from, from Brad, uh, who was the 39th ever designated RTSM. I was 65th. Um, and I know this because 39 divided by 65 is exactly 0.6, hence striation six. One of the weird ways six comes up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, like it's just kind of weird, right? Anyway, it's exactly 0.6. Like it's exactly 0.6. Anyway, I had heard that it was an eight hour one-on-one -on -one interview with Tom. And uh, by the time I got to, so I started with the RTS mastery program in July of 2008, and I tested in June of 2009, almost a year later. And uh, what I had, and it was pretty intensive. I spent that whole year going to Oklahoma, going to a, what was then called Force in the Nervous System with Jacques. Uh, I did a cadaver course with uh, Joe D'Antonis in Pittsburgh. Awesome. It was just, it was, I did uh, the MAT Jumpstart program taught by Peter. It was just, it was, it was. Peter Chason, excuse me, the late Peter Chason. Um, it was a great, great, great year. It was an expensive year, but it was a great year. And um, by the time I got there and I got to the testing process, the way the format worked was it was a four, uh, it was a four hour ish or up to four hour one on one interview with Tom, and then a an up to four hour um, group practical where we actually went to the floor on uh at focus on fitness and uh did the practical side of things so breaking machines down um you know setting up people for exercise execution and uh we were an adamant group my friends uh chat and holly um were uh, testing with me and or i shouldn't say it that way we were all testing together and we were such an adamant group we kind of during the practical tom would ask one of us something and uh Everybody was so enthusiastic, they'd kind of be talking quietly under their breath, sort of answering the question for the person who, and you know, nobody meant anything negative by it. It's just that, that combination of nervousness and unbridled enthusiasm. And finally, I got to, um, we got to the Nautilus uh, compound row. 
and uh, I easy actually machine. got the chance to yeah, so totally easy machine. At that time, and, uh, mm. but I, I I remember breaking it down and I nailed it, uh, breaking down the mechanics of it and I nailed it. And the best part was Tom Tom I think basically said like just in his calm, cool, collected, but encouraging and enthusiastic way. Yep, you nailed it. Okay, let's keep going. And so it was just, it was just, I don't want to call it antithetical, but it was, in fact, it wasn't antithetical at all. It was exactly what I had come to expect from the learning experience. Like, yep, you nailed it. He's not really like one for accolades, but he's certainly one for letting you know you got to rethink it. Here's the thing though. He (laughs) is, but he is one for accolades in a more private setting. So when, when things get a little more social, Tom is like, Tom's a mentor. He's a friend. He's one of my favorite people. Um, Because when you get him either one-on-one or in a more relaxed setting that's outside of the classroom and outside, you know, it's the break from the professional side of things and the educational side of things. He's so encouraging. And I I remember my second weekend. So I guess it was, it was at the time when RTS science was one weekend versus two. That's how old I am. And, um, so I think it would have been the trunk and spine weekend. We were out at, uh, Shiki the legendary Shiki Sushi place on uh, the Saturday of the course. And I might have had a couple of glasses of wine at the time. And I went up to him and I started, not blubbering, but I started going on about how I really appreciate what he does. I and, love and, you, yeah, man. I love this. And I really, really appreciate everything that you're doing. It's yeah, completely yeah. changing my life. And he grabbed my shoulders and he said, I'm not, can I swear on this podcast? Sure. He said, I'm not doing fuck all. You're doing it. You're paying to come see me. You're putting the knowledge in place. You're committing to this process. This is you. Stop fucking thanking me. Thank yourself. And that that's Tom in a nutshell. Yep. I, you know, like really quick, funny story with me and him. I don't know. I think it was my second weekend down there. I remember it was because it was he introduced the exercise mechanics yep. science. So I did RTS science one and then all the extremities. And then a month after he did the new science too. Cool. So it was the second weekend. And I remember it was the first night we got there. We did the full Thursday uh, we went out to Shiki and dinner, and at that time, I thought I was a bulking bodybuilder, so when we finished, I went to the Little Caesars or whatever it was and got, like, a little ready-made pizza. <laughs> I took it back to my room. It was, like, 9.30, and I'm sitting there, like, eating some pizza, watching. I'm about to go to bed for, like, 10, and then my phone rings in the room, in the hotel, and I pick it up. He goes, hey, what are you doing? I said, uh, nothing. He goes, you coming? I said, where are we going? He goes, doesn't matter. I'm like, <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> and so, I mean, I was pretty impressed at like 23 years old at that time. Oh, and I just amazing. threw my clothes on and we went out. Yeah. Was, he's just hilarious like that. That no, was it's good. Great. And it's, and I like, I love that there's that boundary, right? There's that experience in the classroom that's very straightforward and very professional and very informative and very educational. Mm-hmm. And then there's this more relaxed and, and kind of, um, there's this relaxed atmosphere that, that, that happens at dinner and anything else that might happen that's a little more social and a little more relaxed that continues the education because the informal conversation comes into play and people can ask the bad questions, right? People can ask the bad questions and he can filter the bad questions out or, and, and people who have maybe, who are maybe there for, um, you know, a continuing education type thing, they're repeating the course or they've been, uh, you know, involved in RTS for years and years. They're just there to kind of do a refresher they can help filter out the bad questions and without the classroom and the pressure of kind of everybody hearing what you have to say coming into play um there's that setting where you can ask the thing that you were afraid to ask and and maybe be shut down but it's good that you're shut down there yeah 
Now, I wanted to ask these questions because I do believe this fits into our conversation about leveling up the fitness industry. Absolutely. Leveling up fitness pros. So the immersive experience of going to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. leaving your comfort zone of your gym, your family, flying across the world to go somewhere to hear some information from some guy who yells at you and invites you out and crazy things like that, <laughs> swears at your face. But do you think that I am not familiar with any other educational experiences. I don't even know with COVID how this is going to change things where you fly across the world to go learn some information and you're completely away from everything else. But that mastery level, that complete immersion, I think that in combination with the um, connection that you made from going out for dinner Mm -hmm. with someone like Tom made a huge difference. Do you think people need that kind of, do you think trainers should go through some sort of mentorship like that? Yes. Yeah. Hard, hard, yes, hard, yeah, and that's not to that's not to halt conversation. I think, I think um, one thing I think that COVID has taught us is that online based education, online based media, for a variety of purposes, is far more useful than we ever thought it would be. At the same time, it is just, and I'm going to age myself probably with this one, but it is not a replacement for in person. He's 27 years old. Yeah, exactly. 27. Exactly. I'm not just. Yeah, testosterone replacement. Let's go. Aging me. Walter. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's not going to replace in person because there's that, you know, when you go to when you go to a place that has certain kinds of equipment, I mean, there's only so much, even if they were to do like, you know, close-ups on see how this cam's working on this machine and see how, you know, the um, leverages are changing as the machine goes through its 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 designed excursions and all that sort of stuff it's not the same as being there and it's not the same as feeling those mechanics it's not the same as feeling those mechanical differences and actually experiencing it and that's another aspect of the whole um development you're like then leveling up as an exercise professional is actually having the the experience feeling those things so that when you put someone through it you've actually felt it yourself yeah for sure i mean i, th- I think it's the same even with our mentorship i noticed it that we do these live weekly calls mm-hmm. and when people actually attend the live experience on our experiencing it they feel the emotions they feel the energy uh how much they remember retain and engage and employ is totally different than if they uh, or just watch the recordings. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking about this in another context, but I think that you can watch information on programs like RTS and MSS and Fitness Pro Mentors, and it's, you'll learn some stuff, uh, and that's fine. But I think that the investment of the full immersion mm-hmm. experience and being live and being present is just a game changer. Well, especially, too, like when you're talking about cueing, touch cueing and, and things like that. I mean, how can you learn touch cueing from an online format computers robots i, I guess yeah <laughs> I, I mean I, listen i suppose it's not Im- completely impossible if, if if uh depending on how far elon takes Neuralink, maybe we'll be able to have you know touch queuing programs where tesla it bot. can just be yeah a tesla bot can just come and you know oh you can feel the fingertips right where they're supposed to be on you know to <laughs> tesla bots happening man yeah, it's gonna maybe. happen prototype next oh no it's happening go watch tesla bot later oh no i he announced I, it with I the guy it. in the suit it's happening i believe it i believe it but i like that i get we're, we're getting kind of zany here but i mean it's it, that's part of the point is that there i think there are certain aspects of exercise and and how to deliver exercise that just they just can't be fully learned online i think the i think the online content that tom has produced to um get the material get the foundational material across for rts2 or for anyone who's looking to immerse them actually it's, i think it's for rts2 and three um to really 
you know, immerse themselves in that information is great. And the video format is great because you can scrub back and forth. I, I learned that scrubbing is the replacement for rewind and fast forward. So old, but, um, yeah, you can, you can scrub back and forth. And if there's a point you don't get, you can, you can try to watch it a bunch of times and maybe even send an email and, and, you know, all that sort of actually don't send an email, but there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's opportunities to watch and rewatch and review and review, which is another really key thing. And for a lot of people, the video format might be easier than seeing it in a book and having to reread and reread, literally having to review and review might be a more helpful thing. It's not complete without that in-person experience. Completely agree. So Sam, tell you what, let's shift gears a little. Sure. Give me another leveling up fitness pro thing. What grinds your gears? What needs to happen for this industry to become better? What needs to happen for this industry to become better? Don't kill me. People need to take a step back from sales and focus a bit more on two things. One, how to actually deliver a valuable service, and two, how to communicate the value of that service. If I think if those two things are met, the sales process becomes a pretty even flow. Well, that becomes the sales process. A exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, su I suppose, I mean, I think, this is the art of storytelling, in my opinion. It's the art. It's the art of. It's the art of storytelling, and it's the. But it's the. There's a disingenuousness that pervades the fitness industry, and here, I don't. I don't want to be on top of my soapbox, at least not too high. But I think there's a there's a disingenuousness that pervades the fitness industry right now that that focuses on, you know, sexification marketing and 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 you know saying this hot body can be yours if only you're willing to sacrifice enough, you know, hunger, fatigue, and muscle soreness. And I, A, it's not true, uh, or it's not necessarily true. And uh, B, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for a lot of people. And it's, uh, I think it has a lot to do with the industrialization of exercise versus exercise being a, a service that's being provided. Um, I think it has to do with, and I've actually been writing quite a bit about this, it has to do with uh, the distinction between um, frankly, what I would consider exercise versus uh, something that's more akin to like play or activity. And I'm not saying that play and activity are bad. In fact, I think they're essential. I think they're essential things, but they're not necessarily exercise. So to leverage image, I think can be helpful if it's backed by an authentic and genuine service that will actually seek to help people versus get people to fit a mold that they're striving towards because they think, oh, that, that the message is, oh, if only I can get, or if the, the message being received is, if only I can get here, I'll feel better about myself. Or if only I can get here, yeah. you know, people will find me attractive. If only I can get here, I'll have a sense of self-worth. Like, no, let's look at health. Let's look at helping the people who need it the most with exercise. I think so, yeah. You know? I completely agree with you. The body image thing, I try to stay away from that as far as I can. Like, I like trying to be in shape. I like staying sure. in shape and strong. But for me, you know, taking pictures of myself shirtless and using that as a part of my marketing and advertising, yeah. I try and stay away from that with a 10-foot pole. I mean, honestly, when I turn 35, I'm going to do a picture I've decided because I want to, like, showcase, hey, I'm 35 and I'm still not dad bought in it. <laughs> but I mean, that'll be the only time I really do that. And then the only times I ever do that otherwise are my bodybuilding things. Cause it's funny to make fun of my garden gnome orange looking face, <laughs> but it's funny. Cause there's this like continuum of like, if you're in, in too good of shape, mm -hmm. you start attracting a very specific type of market, right? Sure. Men or women, 
right? It, you generally attract very similar gender style people. Sure. They're like, I, Sam, shredded six pack abs, tan, perfect hair, Walter face. I, I want that. And they'll hire you to help them look like you. Right. And on the other end of the continuum, if you're really out of shape, and you don't look like you do any activity whatsoever, you can be a brilliant, knowledgeable trainer, but unfortunately there still is that kind of like anchoring primus effect where people see you and their subconscious impression of you is, hmm. And it's, it's funny, and I'm not saying you or me, but it was funny because I was on vacation at, at my brother's wedding. And I remember, I, I, you know, I was not as shredded as I have been uh, by any means. My wife was like just a few weeks out from doing a show. Okay. She's in incredible shape. She's not a trainer. She should be a trainer. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, and we were out there. And so people were like, hey, so what do you do? And I told them a little bit what I do. And she's like, yeah, I work at this place. And then they look at her and they're like, do you train people? And I was just like, I just told them I was a trainer. Right. And they wanted her to train them because she was in this incredible shape. Right. So it's interesting because I do believe that you need to be healthy looking. I don't think you need to be in shape. But I think you need to look like you take care of yourself. Absolutely. I do think there is value to like, and I know, pardon me if you don't mind me saying this, but I know that you've made an incredible weight loss journey where yeah. you were not in a healthy spot. And I think that talking about those transformations are ridiculously powerful. Because sure. even if you don't look like an Alex Ramizia or whatever these guys, like crazy jacked bodybuilder, yeah. you can show, hey, listen, I'm in incredible shape and I can squat 400 pounds, but this is where I was. Right. And I think there's stock in the transformation of I was a skinny little guy trying to play drums and looking okay and I look okay now mm -hmm. and I was someone that was in this other end of the continuum and now I'm looking great. Right. I did some really powerful stuff there but I don't think it should be what you hang your hat on is where I'm going with this. So I want to share an anecdote that happened uh, at Strayation 6 the other day. So there was a, a client who purchased uh, a book of sessions with, uh, with a particular uh, exercise professional um, I think a month before lockdown in, uh, in 2020. And uh, she had like 16 sessions left. And of course, we're honoring sessions that were purchased pre-lockdown. And she came back and she said, you know, I, I, had, been, I had been doing some stuff with her um, during lockdown, some stuff online and whatever people were comfortable with. And she phoned me and said, hey, I really want to come back to the gym. Um, you know, you and I had talked before about, uh, about doing some stuff together and I don't think it's plausible just based on your price point, but you know, I, I have those sessions. Is there someone that I could work with? And I set her up with, um, Esther who, uh, who works for us, who has taken the RTS two course, who has a great handle on the material and is a great fit for this, uh, great overall great fit for this particular client. And the first thing that this client said when she met with Esther and Esther's in great shape, um, and, uh, she said, uh, I want to look like you. And this woman is, uh, and she said it sort of half jokingly, this woman's in her sixties and, um, and the, and I was there for this, I sort of put the two of them together and we did some investigations as a, as a small group for the client. And, um, the thing I said to the client was, you know, the thing you have to know about Esther is her being in shape is a reflection of her health and her commitment to her exercise. And, and I think if you can show a transformation that is ideally not the result of any sort of extreme effort, but more of a long-term commitment or, or a, a working towards a long-term commitment towards a really consistently healthy lifestyle where your physical aesthetic reflects your internal health, 
and your uh, your emotional, mental, and physical efforts towards exercise and eating well and all that sort of, I think that's great. I think those those are the transformations. Like normalize that kind of transformation, yeah. Rather than the six week, I did something extreme sort of thing. And openly, like I know a couple of people who work in the uh, in the coaching space, and they do they do these kind of cool six week challenges with clients who are already in the process. So they'll say, hey, you've been doing this for a while. Do you want to push it for six weeks and see what you can do for six weeks? I think that kind of stuff is cool. Um, there's a bunch of coaches I know that do those kinds of transformations with a lot of integrity. A lot of the times, though, those quick fix transformations that hold value in people's minds, I think, are misleading because they're not they're they're reflections of efforts that are not sustainable. And that, I think, turns into the business models, because I think that with those kind of models, I mean, this is where you see rapid growth in people. They're like, I just made 10 grand this month in six week packages. Yep. But then because it doesn't have the heels, it doesn't really have the weight to continue going forward. People realize that they're not going to get that. And it's not a six week process. And that's where I love the models that we're doing more so now totally. and really focusing on using this knowledge that we have that we've learned to help people have higher quality lives. Because I think that no matter if someone's still in a bit of pain or they have an advanced disease, mm -hmm. as long as they're medically approved for exercise, if you create programs to help them progress and do more with their life, they'll stick with you indefinitely. Right. But if someone's with you just to have better looking glutes, that may not happen. I'm not joking, but that might not yeah. happen tomorrow. It's true. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow and they have a bit of an eating thing and they eat some pizza once in a while yep. and their glutes are not, and they're like, this is still, I got the high Helens under my arm, you know, they're going to just find somebody else. No, this is I love how, I love how many nicknames there are for that thing. The high Helen. I had a client named yeah. Helen. Right. And her friend was someone that had a little extra under the arm and she right. would just go, hi, Helen. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. bottoms would anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I grew up, I, my background is half Jewish, half Italian. And a lot of my Jewish friends call this the booby bye-bye. <laughs> Which to me is just like, but I know some ripped boobies now. Like six, 60s, the new 40. I mean, 60s, 70s, the new 40. For bodybuilding boobies. It's unbelievable. Bodybuilding boobies is a thing. It's really a thing. Now, on the bodybuilding boobie, <laughs> I think this might be a great time to slowly put a pin in today. Yep. Sounds good. But I do got to ask Sam something. And we prompted Sam, Glenn and I, and we said, hey, when we get to the end of the show, we're going to talk about something called Pick of the Week. And Sam said he's got 78 Picks of the Week. So I'm really excited really to hear hard. all of them. So Sam, it's one of my favorite questions to ask. I love asking Glenn. I love hearing about what he's working on. I love to share things I'm excited about. Um, I almost said Glenn. <laughs> Sam, what is your Pick of the Week? Okay, so I have two. I think I pre-warned you that I have two. He's got two. Um, my first Pick of the Week is something that I've, I guess, re-implemented. And uh, I wasn't doing it for a long time. And man, am I glad to be doing it again. Eating breakfast. Eating breakfast is definitely my first pick of the week. What a shift. I was doing the, you know, for a long time, I just wasn't hungry in the morning. And uh, I, and I'm reading all this stuff about the benefits of intermittent fasting. And I don't know how much of it is legitimate and how much of it isn't. And, and but either way, the, the principle um, made sense to me. If you're not hungry, don't eat. Okay. So then I started getting hungry. And I thought, well, if I am hungry, let's eat. So I've been starting my day. Um, I, I have one beef meal during the day for sure, but that's a little much at 4.45 in the morning, especially when I'm going to the gym. So I start my day with a couple of scoops of a protein supplement that I use in, uh, I've procured contraband raw milk, which is, a, that should be a pick of the week because raw milk is the bee's knees. It's awesome. It's awesome. We're live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Cool. Uh, and my second pick of the week. So I'm the type of person that I, I like. Uh, I like lists. I like organization. I like, and my one of my challenges that I have to um, really be into 
<laughs> if I want to keep it under control, is um, I'm, I'm, I like productivity related things. Yeah, everybody does, right? But if I'm not careful, I get so into organizing how pro productive I'm going to be, I actually cease to be productive. <laughs> so I yeah, was super into it for a while. And our friend Glenn introduced me to his daily checklist thing that he that he uses to keep himself organized. Oh, streamlines, simplifies, gets rid of all the fluff. And it's unbelievable. I've been more productive and more at ease about the idea that I am a productive person over the last couple of weeks that I've been using this checklist. Thank you, Glenn, for introducing it to me. Definitely a pick of the week. And honestly, if anyone's interested in that, we actually have, Glenn did a whole guide on our daily checklist in our Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook mm -hmm. group free. So if you want to check out what Sam's talking about, you can actually see, I think the original version, uh, if not the updated version of the daily checklist. If you're interested, send us a message, check it out. Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group. If you're listening to this on Spotify or podcast, you're going to want to check that out. Amazing information. I love both those picks of the week, man. Breakfast is one of my favorite meals. Yep, man. Uh, well, it's the most important meal of the day. Potentially not, but it's a really good one. That sound bite. <laughs> That's a sound bite. Brandon. But I'm going to throw my pick week, pick of the week. I was just there. about to ask you, what's your pick of the week? Oh, yes. I'm glad he asked. I Honestly, had to do it. Um, openly. Openly. Openly, my pick of the week uh, are relationships. Ah. Because, and I don't mean just Sam, but I think, you know, I, I talk about this a lot in our program. And I think that knowing people like you and knowing some of the amazing people we've had in the interviews, um, both in Minds on Muscle and the Exercise Titan interview series, relationships really go a long way with helping you grow and learning more. And, you know, you can be nomadic in the corner and do your own thing, be a productive, isolated giant if you want. But knowing great people, I mean, people like you, people like Sam, people like you who are watching this or listening to this, you all challenge me and challenge Sam and help us grow. So I'm really grateful for our relationship and knowing you. And uh, same. Yeah, man. Same. I'm a big believer in the idea that I, it's funny. I heard uh, an interview Lane Norton uh, interview and his wife, Holly Baxter, uh, interviewing Mike Isretel. And those two are direct competitors. The BioLane brand is a direct competitor with the uh, Renaissance periodization brand that Mike Isretel owns or is a partner in. And Lane said it best, a rising tide um, raises all ships. Uh, I think you can be uh, somewhat capitalist and follow that whole mindset that a rising tide raises all ships. We are, our studios, our facilities are not close to one another. I have no doubt if we were a block away, we would probably have a similar, if not closer relationship because we carry ourselves with uh, professional disposition and we respect our respective skill sets. And yeah, man, very grateful for our relationship as well. Don't burn bridges, make friends. Sam, thanks so much for being on. Everyone. Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. We do interviews each week with amazing people just like Sam. Uh, Sam, thanks for coming up, man. It was great having thanks you. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. Uh, next week, we've got another amazing interview. You're not going to want to miss it. Bye, Sam. Bye, buddy.